Well, that's one of the funny things when Ethereum people talk about money and Ethereum's hard money. It's like, okay, what's the total supply of Ethereum? Yeah. So that's why it's not hard yeah. money. And the other thing as well is that Ethereum essentially has a godfather slash CEO and Vitalik Buterin. With Ethereum, whereas with Ripple, you essentially have one person who says, I'm going to make this change. And that person's influenceable. That person can be subpoenaed. Yeah, just a very unsafe to me. There's no CEO of Bitcoin. There's no doors that the uh, SEC or three-letter agencies can knock down and say, you know what, that Bitcoin thing, we want you to stop that Bitcoin thing. Welcome to the Bitcoin Basics podcast with your hosts, Faris and Gordon from CoinCompass.com, enabling you to safely buy and securely store your Bitcoins. All resources are in the show notes and description, including our disclaimer. Visit BitcoinBasicsPodcast.com to subscribe and discover other free content. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us in part seven of Bitcoin Begins, where we re-explore the fundamentals of Bitcoin Basics, um, everything that makes Bitcoin and the Bitcoin blockchain. So today we're going to look at altcoins, or sometimes within the industry referred to as shitcoins, pardon my French. So Gordon, um, first of all, what are altcoins? What are shitcoins? Pardon your French, indeed. That's actually a comment made by Congress, so uh, we're not just uh, being filthy and loud-mouthed. Um, if you haven't listened to our last episode, Faris, this is our fifth episode in the series. Uh, we covered the blockchain, so please have a listen to that. Altcoins exist because there's some kind of problem with Bitcoin. And there are really three kinds of cryptocurrencies. And again, um, listen to the last episode when we went through the blockchain and what some of the amazing properties of the Bitcoin blockchain are. So there are three kinds of cryptocurrencies. There's Bitcoin. There are Bitcoin copies that literally just take the Bitcoin code, change a few things or whatever, <laughs> Litecoin. And the third kind is called... Um, uh, it could be a token. So it could be different kinds of tokens. And they aren't Bitcoin copies. They're trying to do something different. Most of those uh, tokens are on the Ethereum blockchain. And you might have heard of them. Things like USDT, which is Tether, which is a stablecoin. Uh, Filecoin, which is kind of like a Google Drive copy or whatnot. And all kinds of ICOs, security tokens, and everything in between. Thanks, Gordon. So first of all, I just want to check because not everyone is familiar with your sense of humor. But when you say something in Bitcoin is broken, are you being serious or facetious? Uh, um, both, really. So I, I think this is better explained with an example. And if we look at uh, even just the top two altcoins, Ethereum and XRP, Ripple, they're trying to do something and they're trying to compete with Bitcoin or fix something that's broken in Bitcoin. Now, of course, I don't think there is something broken, but they think there is. So let's look at two examples of Ethereum. And they're saying, well, Bitcoin, yeah, okay, it's it's secure. But you can't do all the whiz-bang fancy stuff like you can with Ethereum. Things like smart contracts and things like... Um, with Bitcoin, you mean? Advanced programming. Yeah, with Bitcoin. So Ethereum's saying, look, you can't do a lot with Bitcoin. Bitcoin's boring. All it does is money which to me is kind of like all an airplane does is fly. I can't do it on a train track or something like that. <laughs> so, um, and, and in fairness to them, they're doing some amazing things with decentralized finance. 
So that's that's why Ethereum exists. And if you take another example like Ripple, Ripple's saying, well, okay, Bitcoin's secure, but it's not very scalable. It's not very fast. You know, Bitcoin has 10-minute blocks, roughly around about seven transactions per second. Ripple is like, yeah, we're going to get 10,000 transactions a second or 50,000 transactions a second. If you're buying coffee with, coffee with Ripple, you don't have to wait 10 minutes for the next block as you do with Bitcoin. Uh, Ripple fixes this because Ripple blockchain is so fast. Sorry, I mentioned the word blockchain. Ripple's um, XL97 spreadsheet is so fast that transactions happen within a couple of seconds. So all these altcoins so- are basically trying to solve something that is a weakness or perceived weakness in Bitcoin. So for example, let's stick with, so if I were to talk about Ethereum, now would Ethereum be considered a cryptocurrency, Gordon? Does it have a blockchain? Yeah, it does. Yeah, I I would consider Ethereum a cryptocurrency, yes. Okay, so if we stick with Ethereum, so Ethereum is providing a lot of diversity that Bitcoin doesn't have, but what's the trade-off? Yeah, and I promise, Ferris, and I promise listeners, I won't go down the rabbit hole. But there is something really important to discuss, and it's called this trilemma or the blockchain trilemma. And it's basically, if you can sort of imagine it, sort of a triangle with three components or three properties. And every single blockchain has this. So on, on one point, you have scalability. That's a fancy word for saying maybe speed or cost. And on another corner, you have security. And another corner, you have decentralization. So let's look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is not really scalable. Bitcoin is not fast. Uh, sometimes the fees of Bitcoin can actually be quite high. So I would say Bitcoin isn't really scalable. I would say the other two properties, Bitcoin security and decentralization that we discussed in our last episode, big tick. So Bitcoin's got two out of three. So by saying Ripple, by saying Bitcoin's too slow, okay, Ripple is faster than Bitcoin. Yes, no one can doubt that. But what Bitcoin, sorry, what Ripple have sacrificed is the other two properties. They've sacrificed decentralization because basically Ripple is a company and they run most of the servers and most of the software. And they've also sacrificed on the security. Um, All you would need is to compromise a couple of servers in the Ripple network and it'd pretty much be game over. So uh, all altcoins are sacrificing something when they're changing something that's broken in Bitcoin. So Gordon, I know Ripple and Ethereum are the two most common um, cryptocurrencies. And if, I mean, Ripple is not a cryptocurrency, what would it be, a stable coin? <laughs> it's a, um, I, I, uh, I don't know what it is. Ripple's a spreadsheet? More of a, it I is, okay. Yeah. But there's others out there. Um, there's Bitcoin Cash, which people would have heard of. Um, and there are more private ones like Monero, but at some stage we almost had three thousand different um, digital crypto stable coins out there at the twenty seventeen peak. Why do we have all these other currencies out there, digital currencies? Because when you have a printing press and uh, your neighbor gets jealous of your printing press, they uh, create their own printing press and start to print money. I think it's it's that simple. Bitcoins code or software is what is called open source and that means it's not proprietary there's no copyright everyone can freely download it unlike for example microsoft windows you can't sort of you know download and look at the code and and whatnot that's proprietary 
And so that means the huge advantage of Bitcoin is that it's open source, it's public, it's transparent, anyone can use it. But one of the side effects of that is that, yeah, anyone can use it, but also anyone can copy it. So uh, people are looking at Bitcoin and they're seeing the price go up and they're like, huh, wonder if I can create a copycat coin, I'm going to change a few values. I'm going to say instead of 10 minutes of block time, I'm going to change it to 2.5 minutes of block time instead of 61 uh, sorry, 21 million coins, there's going to be 64 million coins. And then I'm going to call it Litecoin instead of Bitcoin. And I've just created new money off, off Bitcoin's coattails. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, like, and share so we can find others like yourself. Okay. So you're coming from a tech perspective. I'm coming more from the finance and economic side of thing. From a technological standpoint, are there any advantages to any other cryptocurrencies you're seeing out there where they could be a Bitcoin killer? No. Te technological, technological advances, sure, in, in, in certain parts. And I think there have been some uh, experimentation done with some of these coins. By the way, I'm not against experimentation. I think that's great. It produces competition. But... The, the argument that's annoying to most people who have altcoins is that, well, if there's something amazing that's being developed on another altcoin, some sort of security or privacy or transaction speed, then uh, Bitcoin will see that play out and Bitcoin will use it and adopt it in the Bitcoin blockchain. The problem is um, there's a lot of illusions of delusions of grandeur and a lot of coins, for example, uh, Zcash, there's, there's Zcash, Zcash, and some others. I, I always get them confused. Created something amazing, private transactions. But what happened with those private transactions? It was so private that there was a bug in the software, which meant that the supply of Zcoin was infinite. So you don't really want to mess around with the Bitcoin system and say, yeah, now we can have private Bitcoin transactions. Oops, we just made the supply of Bitcoin unlimited, and that would basically uh, kill Bitcoin. So... Um, I like what Bitcoin's doing. It's trying to be money. It's not trying to be anything else. It's trying to be hard money. And uh, instead of altcoins, Bitcoin's building stuff on top of it. And, and we've discussed the Lightning Network, uh, a layer above, and you can have layers on the side and below and beneath and whatever. So um, I, I, to be honest, I think experimentation in these altcoins, it's great but um, they're not really needed. You just build something above Bitcoin, beside, below, and uh, whatever you call that, a payment network, a security network, or you know, you want to store your university degree on the blockchain, great. You don't need an altcoin for that. You can do that with Bitcoin. I really like that point. And this is something when we um, first started doing this together. Um, yeah, I did not look or invest in any altcoins. I did trade a couple, but for me, the economic fundamentals of Bitcoin, the supply and demand, we know how many are going to be created. We know the time they're going to be released. That was important to me. But the other thing as well is the old saying, would you rather invest in good people or a good idea? Bitcoin is a good idea, but it is the people behind it that make it what it is. And these people are very public and they are the most respected people in their fields, be them computer engineers, cryptographers, um, computer scientists, economists now, and now Wall Street's starting to get in. So 
it is the people that are working behind Bitcoin that gives me a lot of faith in Bitcoin itself. And it is it is the democratization of finance as well. So yeah, we I, I remember in you know the 2017 bull market, many people coming up to us saying, So my Bitcoin cash, should I buy Ethereum? My answer is I'm not. And there was a huge bull run, but long term, this is the only thing I am comfortable investing in. I, I don't know how you feel about that. Well, I do, but I'm asking the questions anyways. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to answer that by asking you another question because I've answered um, too much already. If Ethereum, for example, and I, I'm not picking on Ethereum, um, came up with their version two, which apparently is coming out uh, soon in quotes, and Ethereum was better. It was uh, the transaction speed was faster. You could do more with Ethereum. You could have smart contracts and you wouldn't, for example, need the Lightning Network. Mm. Um, so transactions were almost instantaneous. Ethereum was secure. It could scale. It was fast. Uh, it was cheap. The fees were, transaction fees were low, blah, blah, blah. What if that happened? Is that going to kill Bitcoin? To me, no. The reason I don't see it killing Bitcoin is because I see Bitcoin more as a store of value than anything else. And especially in this era of um, Federal Reserve money printing around the world, um, this is why we're seeing Bitcoin and gold go up. Um, and I'm saying this now at, towards the end of 2020, and I believe this will still be the case for several years to come. Gold and Bitcoin will continue to rise if all things stay the same, meaning if governments continue to simply go into sovereign debt. Um, with Ethereum, um, as far as I know, the printing, the release of Ethereum is unlimited, isn't it? They haven't capped how much Ethereum is going to be released, have they? Well, that's one of the funny things when Ethereum people talk about money and Ethereum's hard money. It's like, okay, what's the total supply of Ethereum? Yeah. So that's why it's not hard yeah. money. And the other thing as well is that Ethereum essentially has a godfather slash CEO and Vitalik Buterin. So the reason I like Bitcoin is because it is controlled by people. It's controlled by anyone who wants to join the network. And it really is, if you want to change something fundamental in Bitcoin, then the people involved in the network have to decide to do that. They're the ones that buy a 51% um, vote and they vote with their nodes, with their computers, say, yeah, we're going to make that change in Bitcoin. So it's majority rule. It truly is democratic. Whereas with Ethereum, whereas with Ripple, you essentially have one person who says, I'm going to make this change. And that person's influenceable. That person can be subpoenaed. Yeah, just a very unsafe to me. There's no CEO of Bitcoin. There's no doors that the uh, SEC or three-letter agencies can knock down and say, you know what, that Bitcoin thing, we want you to stop that Bitcoin thing. So I think that's one of uh, the greatest strengths, as Farah said. The smartest people in the world are working on Bitcoin. Um, not to say that there aren't other innovations and inventions happening on other altcoins, which I think is great for competition. But yeah, Bitcoin is the hardest money. And the, the biggest argument about Bitcoin is it's boring. And it's like, great. I think that's a feature. That's not a bug. That's an advantage, not a disadvantage. Bitcoin does one thing, money, and it doesn't really does it really well. It can't do other things that some of these other blockchains and altcoins can do. But that's an advantage because actually what you do when you bring in all these other features and components is you increase the complexity. So Bitcoin does money. But some of these other systems are great. They do smart contracts. They do all kinds of you know, cloud storage, internet of things, all kinds of stuff. 
But the more code and the more things something can do, the more complicated it becomes. And complexity is the enemy of security. So you want something to be really simple. And Bitcoin is simple. Yes, if you look at the code, it might look complicated, but it, it really is a simple system with a simple set of rules. And, and that's why Bitcoin will win. And as Farah said, the smartest people in the world are working on it. Tomorrow, there might be Bitcoin version two come out. It might be technically better, but you know what? It's not gonna, it's not gonna happen because there's no network effect. Smartest people in the world are working on Bitcoin already. So Farah, should someone go out, even though we've hopefully convinced people that Bitcoin is the hard money, should someone go out and put five, 10% into Ethereum, Ripple and some new coin coming out? Well, I'm not a financial advisor, but I can tell you I wouldn't. So yeah, I'm, I may trade or speculate in them short term, very, very short term. But no, for me, it is not a two year plus investment at all. That's not even 1%, personally. 5%? No, no, not me. I'm old and boring like Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I uh, I lost quite, I made quite a bit of money and lost quite a bit of money trading altcoins. So I'm, uh, I've realized that I can't do it. So keep it simple. Dollar cost average, buy every week, every month. Uh, we'll link to our dollar cost average series in our description. And before I leave this episode, Faris, any final thoughts about altcoins, bitcoins, and um, what people should do or shouldn't do? Uh, just as with all things, just buy what you're comfortable, what you're willing to lose. But most importantly, with Bitcoin, you got to know what you're doing and you got to know how to keep it safe. Thanks, Faris. Please subscribe to us, the BitcoinBasicsPodcast.com. There's links to all our platforms that we're on, YouTube, obviously. And if you're listening to this on a podcast, head across to our YouTube channel because we do some episodes and Faris does some episodes that are highly visually intensive. So you'll miss out on that if you're just listening to us. Thanks again, Faris, and we'll see you in the next episode. Oh, that felt good, man. Thanks for watching or listening. Please visit coincompass.com free to register to our socials and discover other free content. Subscribing, liking, and following helps this content remain ad-free. Until next time.